episode 19 of Anime for Trash Dwellers. Ladies and gentlemen, it is here, the latest installment of the Love Live franchise. Love Live Nichi. What a time for celebration. Our red-headed pro-tag is very different from the other red-haired pro-tags in that she is pretty quiet. And she doesn't even feel like the main character since she spends most of the episode passively following her more assertive friend. This friend just has the tips of her hair dyed green and honestly, has there been a more accurate representation of a teenager's DIY dye job in an anime? Well no, our protag used to dress all cute but now feels pressured not to because she's a cool mature teenager now. They come across a little dinky idol performance. Honestly, I was a bit shocked. This bitch could actually sing, like, rather well. I guess Love Live's gotten so huge, they now have enough people auditioning that they can find girls who are cute and talented. Oh, you thought I was just gonna say talented. Little Green Tips is so impressed by this performance, she visualizes this small shitty performance with fucking fire everywhere and massive screens and shit. And then she's hooked. So this time around, they have done the exact opposite of Love Life Sunshine, which was set in some boonie seaside town. It is now set in what is probably the most expensive high school in Tokyo to attend. They all learn on iPads for Pete's sake. The buildings are fucking massive and modern, like a wanky modern art museum. Green tips at school saying how she now stands that idol they saw, who attends their school's idol club. So they're gonna go there tomorrow. Not to join the idol club, just to stalk this poor girl down. Protag warns that maybe chasing idols would be a bit of a time-consuming waste of time that may affect their grades. And Green Tips makes the point that she studied better whilst listening to that idol music. This was literally like 90% of my uni time listening to K-pop whilst I studied. After school, they decided to try and find the idol club in this massive fucking hall. Like, their school looks more like the building for a massive corporation than the school. How the fuck am I supposed to root? for these guys when like majority of the students probably have millionaires for parents and plenty whose parents could give them a successful idol career as their 16th birthday present or some shit. They go around looking for clubs and they come upon the Soman club room with one of those noodle shoots everyone now knows about since we've been given the recipe for it in Animal Crossing and Green Tips is like hmm actually like I wish Protag hadn't stopped her. I wish the rest of the series was just her living her best life in the Soman Club and it ended with her watching the final idol performance, feeling content as she shovels down some Soman. They're struggling to find the club, so Green Tips makes the ingenious assumption that the chick with bright pink hair will know where the idol club is. She doesn't, but you'll never guess it. The high school with dyed hot pink hair is super fucking weird. She follows the girls, the most staring, asks if they're also into idols. Like, yeah they are, hun, but unlike you, they don't sacrifice small animals to them in their honour. They do eventually find the idol club, only to discover that it's been closed down. Hmm. And would you look at that, the head of the school council is the villain figure again! We are very briefly introduced to the other members of the ex-idol club. All you need to know is that there is one girl who takes a pillow to school with her and just napped on like a slab of concrete out in the open. Like, okay buddy, I'm sure there's a more comfy napping spot in this ultra rich and fancy school, but whatever. They are also told that the idol girl Green Tip stands has now quit. And she handles that uncharacteristically well. She says that, hey, if it's what she wanted to do, then she supports it wholeheartedly. <laughs> this is exactly how I view idols. Okay, please, oh please, oh please, don't mind me and the other fans. Just fuck and hook up and get married and have kids and shit. Whatever you want to do. It feels very weird seeing this in an idol anime. I feel like the general public don't give two shits about these types of things, but a lot of the fans in those countries really don't see it that way. Though, like green tips, I would be able to think positively about Taman leaving the industry. Ezema can't, so good for him. But I would still be in pain. Like, oh my god, thank god I started standing Super M and Wavy too, so that I can survive when Taman enlists. 
Or it could just be the case that this girl's so chill because she isn't actually lesbian for this idol. Lame. Then Proto confesses that even though she's been acting like she was somewhat reluctantly going along with Green Tip's little adventure, that she too is obsessed with this idol, but didn't have the guts to initiate meeting her because she would get too emotional if she met her. Bruh, same! If I ever met Taman, I would be in tears. But fuck, that'd be awkward for Idol Girl. This bitch is just going along with her everyday school life just to see her fellow student have a nervous breakdown at the mere sight of her. But now Protek has a lesbo moment with green tips and says she's gonna dress all cutesy and be an idol. Sometime, yeah! Her voice is more idly than the other girls. Like, it's, it's not bad. But it's more what you'd expect in an idol show. It ends with this random girl being all grumpy that the idol club's been shut down. And the preview for the next episode is just her pulling these grumpy faces. Finally, an idol I can relate to. Episode 2, and good lordy, oh no, I can't. So, the scene opens with the school council president. I didn't discuss this very well last step, but she's like a genius anime villain. Her glasses are always doing that thing where they glare up so that you can't see her eyes underneath, even though glasses never do that in real life. And she sneaks up behind people and says their names, even if they've never met her before. So, I do like comedically evil school council president. So little angry girl is angry, but to my disappointment, she is also the Nico knee of the series. She reckons she has solved all the idol club room problems via nicking back their door sign, just to find another club has taken over that room. Like, I don't know why she thought the door sign would make all the difference. She literally could have just made her own. Our protag and her friend are walking and still talking about idol clubs, even though they're both aware that the school used to have an idol club, so I don't know why they're having the same conversation again. Oh no, I know why they are. It's so that Nico Nico not can overhear them and approach them. So they're gonna start up the idol club again, and Nico not skipped is less that she wants to be an idol, but more that she wants to be cute. To the extent that she feels it is a necessary requirement to be an idol, which it sorta is, kinda, but personally I prefer that they're actually competent at their job than be cute, but whatever. She mentions they have to be cute because they've got to think about the fans. Considering your fans are generally middle-aged men, I think it'd probably be better for your mental health if you were able to shut them out of your mind most of the time. So, Nico not decides the first thing the club has to do is entice new members. In order to do that, they have to make promo videos for it. Hers is, as you can imagine, knock off Nico knee in every shape and form. Protag can't do it because she has too much self-respect. When Nico nods wrangling her about this large amount of dignity she needs to get over in order to make the video, she talks to them about how the club broke up when she argued with the cool idol girl from last ep. Cool idol girl working them hard and getting mad at their shitty dancing because it's their way to show their love to the audience and yeah, that's pretty fair. Nothing says you love and respect people coming to see you perform than, you know, doing your job and putting on a good performance. But not to Nico, not. She's all mad. She says, you don't need passion to be an idol. Oh my god, girl. Have you never watched an idol show before in your entire life? Or even just seen an idol talk in public. And then she says she doesn't like the dance because it's not cute. Passion is not cute. Jesus, has she even listened to an interview from an idol where all they talk about is trying their best. Anyway, midway through this bit she's having, she slowly realizes that, oh, Maybe she was in the wrong the entire time. Project is there practicing her lines because yes, unlike every other millennial out there, she doesn't have the natural skill set required to make embarrassing videos. So she's got to actually put in effort in order to do so. And it works. Yay. Yay you for doing the bare fucking minimum. Nico not gets her own song. Hang on. That's... Two episodes in a row with a performance. Do I dare hold my breath and say that every episode will have a new song in it? 
Then the Model X Idol Club member, who we haven't been introduced to yet, who is sneaking around the evil school council president's room, confronts her that she, for the life of her, cannot find the name of the cool idol girl in the school registry, almost as if you were her all along! Plot! twist! In order to get rid of the idol club this time, the school council president decided to create it just so she could tear it down from the inside. Part of me feels dumb for not recognizing her, except that it's the second episode for Pete's sake, and it's been a week since I watched the first one, so whatever. But um, the cars do not have that excuse. How did they not realize it was her? Fucking her glasses are not enough to hide her identity, guys. We have reached peak idol plot, guys. It now contains elements from Hannah Montana. Episode 3. So, it continues on from the convo, and model girl who started all this mess is surprised at how nonplussed the school president is about it. And she's just like, um, people would find out eventually. Obviously. Like, bruh. During school Prez's silent by herself moments, it makes it look like she may have done the lame giving up on being an idol due to studies, but nah! She runs into fangirl charm. We're gonna call Green Tips fangirl charm now. That makes more sense. Whatever. She runs into fangirl charm, poorly trying to play her idol song on the piano. And when School Press recognizes the song, fangirl like, Oh my god, you know the song too? You know Setsuna? Isn't she the greatest person to ever live? We are now friends for life! And she gets right up in this poor girl's face. She goes on about how she didn't have a passion, but now she does, and she feels complete as a person because she needs to listen to shitty idol music. What a sad existence this girl leads. Not that I'm any better, but at least I'm self-aware. They said there was someone living at the school, and I'm like, who's the bloody squatter? But nah, it's a cat that weird chick likes feeding. By the way, Nico not gets people to do what she wants via bribing them with bread rolls? Like, yum, yes, whatever you want, bitch, just buy me lunch for the day. The stray cat is allowed to stay on the school campus because it got enrolled as a student at the school. Oh my god, I wonder what its majors are. And Weird Girl now has one normal friend who says, I mean, it's BS, but I can get behind that BS. Fuck off. As if in Japanese this girl said something even remotely close to a swear word. So that model chick and everyone confronts school praise again and she confesses that she broke up the idol club because she wasn't good at running it because everyone was all mad at her and it's all her fault. This is all lies! When it shows the flashback of her not getting along, it is literally just Nico not. Like, no one else had a problem with this girl. Just her. Therefore, the idol club fell apart because Nico not just wanted to be an Instagram thought instead of being an idol. Plus, if she had poor leadership skills, then she would be having the same trouble as the school press, which, considering she sought out the stray catch situation that kept everyone happy, is obviously not the case. Now that Fangirl-chan has discovered that school prez is her item of obsession, she invites her up onto the school roof for a nice, calm conversation. Fuck off! She should be freaking out and being unable to even talk to her! She should be in tears and kneeling for forgiveness! But no. Instead, she holds a well-put-together D&M session with school prayers, who laments about the pressure she put on everyone to be performance-ready for Love Live, and Fangirl-chan grabs her shoulders, looks her dead in the eyes, and says, Fuck Love Live! Fuck you! <laughs> Love Live realizing that it's 2020 now and the usage of the internet has grown to the point that, yeah, you really don't need a third party like Love Live to make you famous. After this talk, School Prez is now convinced to go back to running the Idol Club, and she shows her conviction through the power of song and dance. Oh yeah, guys. I think it's actually happening this season. I think we're actually going to get a new song and performance each episode. Also, she does another pop rock song with the lyric, DIE! So now all I can think of is the second free season opening. 
episode 4. We chicken her more socially put together friend think that school prizes idol performance was so neato that they'll have to join the club. When they do go to join up, her friend asks what it is that they actually do in the idol club. Even though she literally saw school prayers perform and thought, I want to do that. Like, I don't know, girl. Maybe that's what they do. They have a meaning because school press has decided that they were going to try and do what everyone wants to get out of the club. Nico not uncharacteristically suggests a nationwide tour and says something more in line with her gimmick such as open an Instagram account or run a makeup blog or some shit. Plus, I'd assume that it'd be out of their budget, but they do all attend a futuristic high school that probably has a pretty expensive tuition fee. So maybe a couple of the mummy and daddy tourists are very nice and they'll probably be able to afford it. Sleepy Charm wants there to be plenty of nap breaks. The funniest thing about this character is that this isn't even the first idol anime to use such a random gimmick. The girl who is also in the drama club said that they should do skits in between their performances. Wow, they'd be terrible, but really cute, so it's okay. But this girl's smart. Nothing says a stable long-term career that actually brings my life meaning quite like using your idol career to break into the acting industry. During all of this, the two new members are just sitting there awkwardly and quietly, still not entirely sure what it is exactly that this club does. Everyone goes off into little groups to work on areas they want to improve on, dancing and singing. Nico Nod is also running like some bullshit idol class that wasn't brought up in the original discussion, but whatever. We get to learn that Weird Chick's friend is the exact opposite of her and that she has amazing social skills where basically she is the living, breathing embodiment of the quote, every person I haven't met is another new best friend waiting to be found. This is why she is friends with Weird Chick. Because she's so friendly with everyone she meets, she doesn't seem to comprehend just how strange this girl is. She also tends to kind of just jump around all the sports clubs to help out whenever they need a sub or whatever. In Nico Nod's bullshit idol class, she asks everyone what it means to them to be an idol and everyone's answer is correct. Including, who I'm now going to refer to as Sporty Spice, who's like, lol, no idea. Weird Chick reckons it's to make an emotional connection with their fans. Love, most of your fans are in their 40s. I don't think you would really relate to the issues and feelings of a middle-aged man. They do singing practice, where it's revealed that in an anime, some of the characters like anime. And then they decide to spend their arvo singing nothing but anime songs in an anime about singing. Meta, man. School press there fangirling about some knockoff Shonen Jump series, so I guess she's supposed to be an idol like Lisa. Which I get since the Demon Slayer OP took off and her latest single is dominating in Japan, yeah, I guess it makes sense to have a character that embodies that type of music. But also, she's been around for ages. Like, yes, this is currently the peak of her long career, but she's been around since Angel Beats for Pete's sake. Why hasn't a character like her come up in previous Love Live series? Or just any idol series in general? Then School Prez announces that she would like everyone to promote as school idols. And everyone's response to this is, I don't think I can do that all alone. Whilst at least in the K-pop scene, the more realistic response is, for fuck's sake, when are you giving me my solo debut? This especially hits Sporty Spice hard, who thrives off of the company of others. The club all decides that on the weekend they are gonna go for a run at 9am, and this psychopath Sporty Spice decides to head off at ruddy 7am. She runs into another idol club member. She's like friends with the model girl, yeah she hasn't really done much so far. After DNMing with her she realises that she likes having fun with others, and that as a solo artist she'll just have fun with the audience instead. This really, really feels like the type of thing she could have figured out for herself, but she was too dumb to. Then it comes to her song. Oh, dear Jesus. The song itself is fine. A cute little bubblegum pop number. The problem, however, is her outfit. In Love Live, I don't care what you say. The best thing about the entire show is the fucking outfits. They are just Gorgeous! They are the prettiest and cutest things ever, and the amount of people who have cosplayed as them says it all. Plus, the initial Tartan number in the original Love Life series is now seen in like tons of other idol shows. This number. Okay, 
it's not ugly. It's just so trashy, which Love Live doesn't usually do. So she's wearing a little off-the-shoulders tank top and a knee-length skirt, but then they're in basketball uniform colors, so it's a gaudy orange with blue stripes number. Then she has a waistband that's supposed to look like your Bon's undies strap, but on a bright orange and fairly frilly outfit with blue stripes, it clashes something shocking and sticks out painfully. And then she has a fucking pom-pom stuck to her ass. Like, oh my god, help. Episode 5. We learn all about the model girl's friend, aka Maria Von Trapp from The Sound of Music. Bitch is from Switzerland from a massive family that owns goats. The hills are alive with the sound of music. She says she came to Japan for the very specific reason of being a school idol. Babe, with the internet, you don't really need to live in Japan to actually be an idol or be popular in Japan. Like, come on. She also says when she was a kid, she got into idol groups and loved how warm and fuzzy they made her feel. Did you also get into J-pop through an illegally printed DVD of the Japanese Honey Yori Dango live action and then be forced to write an essay about how much the group means to you in order to join the only live journal account that has videos with subs of them because you sure as heck aren't finding them on YouTube due to copyright? Because if this was the case, you shouldn't be like, Idols are so warm and fluffy, but more like finally I am in Japan and can just access DVDs and CDs and old interviews and shit. Fuck you, Karen, and your shitty live journal. Maria is also very excited to try a Japanese dish she can only find in Japan. Rice, raw egg, and soy sauce. You could just make that at home. Like fluffy pancakes or five-star sushi. You can't get that anywhere else. But what is essentially like a lazy povo lunch idea? Fucking, you could just make that yourself on the weekend in Switzerland whilst the goats hop and frolic outside your window. So it has been decided that they will make solo promotions for each of the members. They're watching Nico Not's feed and Fangirl Chan comments that it's cute and Nico Not responds, at least according to the subtitles, Ah, I see you are a lady of culture. I mean, Love Life is peak weeb trash, so fuck it, chuck your weeb jokes in there. We'll get them. For Maria's video, she wants to make people feel warm and fuzzy. And after much discussion, the general consensus for how to achieve this is through her wearing lots of different dress-up costumes, most of them being milkmaid outfits. <laughs> she is so weird because nothing about her personality-wise is a racial stereotype, but then her whole backstory and stuff is. It's very bizarre. When they were throwing around ideas for her promo school, Prez just let out an overly excited anime? What? Like, no. Maria hasn't even mentioned anything about anime. She probably doesn't even like it. She has a talk with the model girl since she's been helping out the club a whole lot. Maria reckons she should just join it. Her reason for turning her down is because, oh no, she's already a model. She's too busy being a model to be an idol. Even though there are plenty of models who are idols and get into modeling through their idol career. Like, bitch, do both. Then she says she was only putting all that effort into the club in order to help her out. The between the lines message being, she's just fine living vicariously through you. Whilst filming her introduction video, Maria states that she's an international exchange student. Okay, at least from the ones that I met back in high school years ago, they were not allowed to get paid employment whilst they were overseas. Even though Maria stated before, the whole reason she came to Japan was to pursue her career as an idol. She was given a mag of model girls and out of it falls an interview she was filling in where she says she liked idols and eating out with friends. We see model girl looking around her room for the sheet of paper even though she could probably just print off another one. So then Maria decides to start off being nice via taking model girl out to eat. But then she shoves the paper in her face and says I know you like idols and model girl explains that she felt like she couldn't be an idol because she was too cool and mature. 
This stereotype too tomboy-y slash butch to be cute even though they want to be appears a fair bit in anime. Already being seen recently in, what is it called? Wonder Egg Priority. And it feels very contrived. Like, if this were more about trans girls or even just cis boys, then yeah, it, it makes sense. But realistically for girls, it's much more of an issue of the, ugh, I hate wearing skirts and makeup and high heels, but I'm forced to because it's part of my work slash school uniform policy. Like, that's more of an issue here. Explore that. Maria sings her song and it is just her in various dress-up costumes. <laughs> Most of the milkmaid outfits while she's singing in a field of flowers. Welcome to Europe! Like, couldn't the racism have been a bit more accurate and she performs a Eurovision stage instead? Like, it's just her in a gorgeous ball gown singing a power ballad, making sure her face follows the camera as it goes around whilst the wind machine whirls on behind her. Episode 6. It's all about the real fucking weird one. Flashback to her, like, I don't know, a couple of months ago. And these girls are talking about going to the arcade after school. And she goes to talk to them, gets their attention, pauses, and gives up. And mate, if you thought that shit didn't get my blood pressure up at a level where I need to take blood thinners regularly in order to control it, then you're wrong! <laughs> but then Sporty Spice runs into her and hooray, she has acquired a friend. Now, she's part of the idol club and has lots of friends. You could just end it here really, but no, let us continue on in Weird One's journey. The Idol Club goes to the games arcade because unlike the past love lives, they're allowed to spend time with each other doing things apart from working hard to become idols. Whilst there, the classmates from the awkwardest fuck interaction from before arrive, and we one doesn't immediately start crying at the sight of them like she should, and I'm proud of her. When she sees says classmates, they suggest the idol club should use the stage at the gaming center. She realizes that this is her chance at friendship outside of the idol club because she's greedy. Once Weird One announces her concert, the others are raring to help her. She's doing more stretching and someone comments, wow, her flexibility's really improved, even though she's barely moving at all. Like, sure, if she were a geriatric, it'd probably be impressive, but otherwise, nah. They're doing vocal warm-ups, guys. They're actually doing vocal warm-ups, like real live proper vocal warm-ups in an idol anime. This is so exciting! Except that apparently all of them can do bubbling without having to use their fingers. That is a fucking lie! Anyone who tries to do bubbling without using their fingers to help stick their puckered lips out is just trying to be a show-off. Nico not is there, <laughs> and she's legit struggling to hold a tune. Being cute won't save you now. They do MC practice, and Nico not's feeling the pressure when there's one member who does a cute opening and can probably sing better than her. Weird One invites some of the others over to her swanky apartment that she unlocks via iPhone. Ooh, look who's doing a great job of lowering their contact surfaces. Bitches COVID ready! But how the fuck does she get inside of her phone batteries flash? Aha! Take that technology! This is where she goes into detail saying that she used to have no friends. Like, we couldn't tell that or anything. She then says it's because she isn't great at expressing emotion and it held her back from making friends. Okay. Usually in anime, there's a lot of characters that we, the audience, like to say have autism, even if the show doesn't specify as such, or in most situations weren't intending it to be that way. It's just that girls with no expressions are hot, y'all. But in this case, Weird One is expressing a very specific autistic trait and describing how it's affecting her social interactions and overall quality of life, so therefore I'll let it slide. We can say she has autism. So she's all excited for the concert and the progress she's making and making as many friends as she possibly can, but then she sees her reflection in the mirror and realizes she still has little to no emotion on her face and feels even though she's been working so hard, she hasn't improved at all. So she finally breaks down and locks herself in her room. The fact that she hasn't done so yet just shows how strong she really is. Hashtag brave. She skips out on her last rehearsal to have a nervous breakdown, but the idol club are very nice and all turn up at her swanky flat to support her. Or maybe they just wanted to hang out in a hot as fuck flat, who knows. When she
she lets them know what's up, their advice is that she doesn't have to be good at everything yet. And Nico not specifically says, Idols having weaknesses makes them likable. Yes, 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 at the top of your lungs. But just because that's the case, Nico not doesn't mean you can get slack with your wax singing. But it is so true. This happens in pretty much like every profession in the world, but it is really only in the J-pop scene where the idea is you see idols get better over time. They don't just start off good at what they do. They go to do all the hard work right before your eyes. I can see the appeal behind that. That used to be the case with Taemin for before the last couple of years. He's had nothing but solid performances and just transcends to a higher field of performance no mere mortal can reach. But yeah, I prefer it when they can just be good from the get-go. Because also, just because someone does something a lot doesn't mean they'll actually improve at it or ever get good at it. Ladies and gentlemen, BTS is, I think it's nine years now, long career and they got awful vocals. We keep seeing shots of her promo videos, which are little animations, but she makes an entirely new one to advertise the concert, and then a new one at the actual concert. Like, would she actually have the time to animate all of those? She gets up on stage, and she has a tablet over her face making cute emojis. <gasps> I love faceless idols! I don't know how she sees under that thing so that she doesn't fall off the edge of the stage, but meh, minor unimportant details. It's cute, that's the point. So she has a techno song with little computers everywhere, and she's singing about trying to improve her facial expressions. Guys, we have our first idol song about autism. What a win for the community this is. I'm like, I'm not, I'm like, I'm slightly autistic. I have autistic traits. I can make that joke. No one is joking that a person running an anime body is a tiny bit on the spectrum. At the end, we see her utilize her notebook to make the facial expression she's feeling. And now she has made even more friends because eight of them weren't enough for her. As lovely, as lovely as the last six minutes of this show were, hey, do you know what would have been a quicker and more effective way of her improving at expressing herself? Getting an autism diagnosis and then receiving therapy for it. Autism is the internet's second favorite health condition after depression. Surely one of these girls could have done a Dr. Google heck. Weird one was a computer lover. Surely she could have found a thread on 4chan about it. <laughs> nah, we won't call her weird one now because that sounds offensive after her autism song. So we'll call her Facey Chan. Episode 7, it's onto Sleepy Chan and right off the bat we learn that she sleeps all the time, not because it's her cute little quirk or because she gets bored like Mickey and Idolmaster, but because she overworks herself. Oh, she sleeps all the time because she barely gets any sleep at home. Isn't that adorable? This is because her mum works all the time, but still doesn't give the family enough money financially. The mum even works night shifts, which makes me think either she works in a hospital or a factory, and I know factory work doesn't earn as much as hospital work, but it still should be enough to finance a mother and her two daughters. And her little sister is the centre of the most popular school idol group. Now, she should be making at least a bit of money back from that. But despite this, no, Sleepy Chan has to keep working a part-time job in order to keep the depressing backstory afloat. Though the high school she attends looks pretty pricey, so maybe that's what's seeing them back. Or she could have just attended a school with a cheaper admission fee. Maybe she got a scholarship to go to this school. Who knows? And she also ends up doing all the housework. That's the worst. So her much more successful idol sister decides to pay a visit to her sister's much less successful idol club. I like this a lot. In the past series, the top groups, even if they're presented as friendly rivals, at the end of the day, they're the villains because they're the thing getting in the way of our main group from succeeding. But in this series, they've basically turned the rival group into, yo guys, it's Sleepy Chan's sister. Hey girl, what up? Like, it's so chill and lax, I love it. Her sister is called Haruka-chan, and though she doesn't look or act exactly like Haruka from Idolmaster, She's similar, you know? Like, she has short brown hair, it's fairly nice, like, like, similar. So, I don't know if she's supposed to be a parody of her or not. 
So everyone is cool with her sister visiting, except Nico not. Calling her her rival in being cute. <laughs> not talent though, no, no. This girl is well aware of where she falls in the talent zone in comparison to a successful idol. She even says that she's here to snoop out the competition. Mate, what competition? Apart from cool rock idol girl, the rest of you are unknown, somewhat untalented nobodies. Then she does some long-winded cutesy intro, which everyone <laughs> walks out on. I swear to Christ, every love life is just trying to make a more annoying character than Nico Ni. Because Yoshiko in Sunshine, kinda? She did resume herself in the episode where she took an acute straight. But yeah, like, this girl has no <laughs> redeeming characteristics. Like, she's just there to inevitably be memed. By the way, if she's your waifu, sorry. You can like her. It's okay. This is honestly the disclaimer I should have for all of these bodies. You can like this. It's okay. As I go on and shit on it horrendously. When sleep deprived Chan first introduced her sister, she's there holding her shoulders, leaning over her saying, yes, she's one of the best idols out there. Just reeking of parent vicariously living through their child. So her much more successful sister watches her train, but the thing that impresses her and excites her the most is of course the food. Can't blame her, they whipped up a pretty decent afternoon tea spread. All the old nannies used to cater for the funerals I attended would be proud. Maru-chan jokes they better all eat the food before her Swedish friend does. Haha, <laughs> gluttony is funny. And then sleep deprived Chan has a nap and her little sister's like, what is this? And after she wakes up, she discussed that she came to check out the club because she was worried maybe they were overworking her too hard. But she isn't too concerned because like food, I mean, they have food, so they can't be evil. But now she has seen her sister is obviously overworking herself due to all her napping. And as a result of this, she decides to quit being a school idol, even though then her family would have less funds and then dump them even further into poverty for sleep deprived trying to work more hours at her part-time job but after some discussion with the club and talking to her sister she realizes her sister doesn't necessarily want to quit being an idol she just wants to find a way to share the burden that sleep deprived Chan has this is all solved in the most obvious way possible of sleep deprived putting on a little performance before her sister's much more successful idol group performs so we have our first cultural appropriation of the series this girl's wearing some kind of belly dancing Arabian outfit? Oh nah. After this, the idol club thanks the more successful club for allowing Sleep Deprived Chan to perform and they're like, you literally stopped our cash cow from leaving for free. Episode 8, it's all about aspiring actor Chan. Hooray! The school paper's doing a little piece on the drama club and like all the members are just girls with mid-length brown hair and glasses. During all of this, I assumed that fangirl Chun would be an idol in the idol club by now. But no, she still isn't. She's there in her tracksuit like the dance mom she is, getting the others ready and hyping them up. Actor Chun's last name is Osaka. She is legit the first anime character I've seen with that name since Osaka from Azumanga Dayo. Except that she's nowhere near as weird as her. They ask actor Chun what... Plus, yeah, Osaka was a nickname. It wasn't her actual name, was it? It was a nickname because she was from Osaka. That's right. They ask actor Chun what she wants to be as an idol. And she's like, a likable one. And they're like, wow, that is incredibly bland and unspecific. And then she expands on the answer as an idol that everyone likes. Like, uh-oh, I see a perfectionist breakdown on the way. She also mentions that she has the lead role in the drama club's latest play. Just for her to have a meeting with the club president who says that she's getting kicked out because she isn't becoming the role and isn't putting herself out there enough. Like this kid has no idea what any of that means. She just wanted to sound more intelligent when telling actor Chan that she's doing a shit job. And actor Chan has to stressfully explain that she's already been bragging to the school paper about this role. So if they publish it and then she isn't in the lead role, she's gonna look like a right old dickhead and probably never recover from it. Throughout this ep, we see parts of the play that are about a singer with doubts. Actor Chun being the singer and the club president being the little voice inside her head telling her that she's shit. Which honestly, makes this play look real fucking shit. 
So now Akta-chan's pretty depressed about the humiliating position she's been put into. The girls are there talking about it and Facey-chan's like, hmm, yeah, I, I picked up on her mood pattern change totally. Or maybe, or just not at all. Jeez, I don't know, guys. It's almost like I have some kind of condition that makes recognizing and expressing emotions really difficult. Wonder what that could be. Nico not reckons Agda-chan just needs a bit of a pick-her-up of shop and then just awkwardly telling her to her face, Hey, now you'll be all set to re-audition for the role in the play you lost. Which... <laughs> Really isn't helping. Facey-chan notices Akta-chan staring at an Audrey Hepburn movie night poster and goes, Ah, so you got into acting because you're a theatre snob and Akta-chan's like, Yep, pretty much. They go out for a big tower of rainbow pancakes with cream and they eat it a layer at a time instead of fucking chunking a slice with all five layers on their plate like a real champ would do. For reasons beyond me, eating a fuck ton of pancakes and having her friend bring up her getting dropped from the school play weren't enough to improve actor chan's mood facey chan's talking to nico not how sometimes when you're feeling low you just need a friend to lighten up your mood vapid vapid nico not reckons she's up for the task of the d and Ming with actor chan and in a way she is because the stem of actor chan's worries is very very petty she likes so that she can be someone else because as a child people didn't like her and thought she was weird because wait for it she liked old cinema and books this bitch is literally saying she was too hipster for friends as a child this is honestly something I can relate to and talk about. As a kid, my parents watched a lot of old British comedy shows with me and a lot of the books my mum introduced me to were older ones she read as a kid. Often TV show and books other kids hadn't watched or read. And I never had any qualms whatsoever with this. This hobby isn't weird enough for people to outright avoid you for it. My childhood is testament to that. Though I will give her some leeway. She is in her first year, aka around 15. She isn't at that age, that age being 17, where every single kid with the slightest inkling towards the arts or instantly become obsessed with old books and cinema. When that time comes, she's just gonna be there like, I got into this before it was cool and hook up with like the hottest out of the dreadlock guys. If you want a hobby to make people literally not want to be your friend, it either has to be super fucking weird or really silly, like lawn bowls. No kids play lawn bowls. That's for old people. That makes sense. Or killing small animals. Yeah, other kids' survivor instincts will come into play and avoid you for this. And look, as weird and niche as your hobby is you will be able to find someone on the internet who likes it too like this girl just needs to follow someone's film noir tumblr and she'll be right the night of the play and she still has the lead role so i guess she passed her re-audition good to know shit for everyone else having to fail the same audition twice here comes her song and it highlights a problem with this series song variety Though I really enjoy love life music, so honestly, I really enjoy this song too, so it's not a huge problem. But all the songs are very similar. They're all some form of bubblegum pop. Alibet, rock, idol girl. Give them that. But all the others are bubblegum pop, with some variation being more in if it's a slow-paced, kind of sad song or if it's an upbeat song. In a show where the whole point is to show off the different girls' personalities and goals, it'd be good if their songs mirrored that. The lyrics do, but not the songs themselves. It really stands out for actor Shan's song because here she is in a play that's probably supposed to be set around that black and white American cinema era, and she's dancing in the rain in a black and white gray dress, and she's singing a pop song. This would have been an ideal opportunity to get her singing like a Broadway style song. Like you could have put Georgette's song Perfect Isn't Easy from Oliver and Company over the top of the animation and it would fit really well. Also, didn't realize until I looked it up that Bed Miller voices Georgette. Perfect choice. Also, oh my god, you didn't even give me girl a chance to tap 
dance. This is a pretty standard thing. Different song genres that most other idol series can pull off pretty well. Ensemble stars especially so. I mean, even in Lapis Relights, they had one group who just did musical theatre slash older style type songs. Like, I said the song itself is very nice, but different varieties of songs are much appreciated. Episode 9! Some fans ask Model-chan for her autograph and that bitch crammed in as many fucking love-ups as she could into that thing. Like she is either an aspiring idol or porn star is all I'm saying. Rock chick hides behind Model-chan I have so many fucking different names for this woman but you know who I'm talking about. Rock chick hides behind Model-chan because she doesn't want people to know who she is in real life so that she's like a superhero, babe. You're just a Hannah Montana ripoff. Like calm down. Just realise, because in this, and keep your hands off Ezokin, that celebrity teenage models are a thing in Japan and like fucking illegal in Australia. Like, I knew they were a thing in Japan, but really just sat back and thought, man, that's fucked up. Nico No has decided to show everyone in the club this cute photo she took. Like, she's a self-centered, obnoxious teenager. She probably takes and uploads multiple selfies a day. But hey, maybe because she was hugging a panda in this one, she thought it was extra special and worth the attention or something. So Sleepy-chan's little sister arrives with another famous idol from another famous school idol unit. This was not introduced at all. Or if it was, I wasn't paying attention. Like, I, I didn't realize she was in a different group until we saw a merch stand with them in different outfits. So their groups were invited to participate in a music festival and they decided to ask this shitty school idol group that no one has heard of to perform with them. So the message in Love Live this time round isn't friendship, it's nepotism. They are performing on a stage that houses an audience of 3,000 for a little nobody group? That's ridiculous. The only problem is the school idol stage only gets three songs, so they can only perform three songs, but because they're all solo idols, that's really awkward. Like, I assume this would be the moment they decide to form a group, but I guess not. I guess they're just gonna stay as soloists for now. I mean... To be clear, so this series, so Love Like Niji is officially known as like a spin-off series. Yeah, it's officially been known as a spin-off series, not like a continuation. So, you know, that's why they're spicing things up a bit, I suppose. I guess they're just going to stay as soloists for now. So, they're struggling to pick who gets to perform at the big important music festival with a massive crowd. And Model-chan's like, for fuck's sake. Stop dodging it and being polite. You've all just got to say and pick who you think should perform. And to really hit home this sorting shit out thing, she just leaves. Like, yes, she just made a big cunty speech about pulling the band-aid off of this thing and then proceeded to fuck off before said band-aid was pulled. After school, Moto-chan ends up in front of a gaming store where she gets lost on her way to dance lessons. Um, well, sorry the lessons the Idol Club provided you with weren't good enough for you, sweetie. School presses are outside the rock ch- I've- I, I need to fucking stick to- You know who I'm talking about, okay? She's so many names, but you know who I mean. School presses are outside the school and is like, Oh my gosh, do you like video games too? And Model Chow's face just like, the fuck? I'm not into this nerd shit. The others say it's cute that she gets lost easily. Yep. <laughs> Remember, if you're bad at something, just make it fetishable and you'll be okay. This is where the idol merch is being sold at the game store. <laughs> what target market enjoys video games but also cute little underage idol girls? I think I know who! School Prez is sad that none of her merch is there. Even though she isn't signed with a record label, if there were merch, it'd be bootleg and she'd make no money from it whatsoever. So it's decided that Model Chan should perform at the music festival since she hasn't performed her solo song in the anime yet. And like she is already a minor celebrity so that the audience who paid over 100 bucks for a ticket doesn't feel ripped off by getting a performance from some random high schooler they've never seen before. 
So I will go who isn't related to anyone but just lets this random other high school group perform because I don't know, she can Sykes model churn out just for it to be revealed later that she's a fan. Like, man, that is such a sneaky move. Imagine hiding being a fan of someone just so you can be a massive dick to them. What a power move. Girl, you terrify me. I've never been glad to see an anime character be not a real person. So Monochan's songs are kind of dance slash rave song, but just still just sounds like your standard Love Live Idol song at the end of the day. At the end of the performance, Fangirl-chan is there with a shine in her eye. Ha! So she is gonna become an idol. We're sort of waiting for that revelation to happen. Like, it doesn't take much to be a school idol except to be currently attending a high school, so it's not that huge a shock that she finally figured that she could do it too. Episode 10. Nico not fucking bombs at a test and actor turns there like, Don't worry, it's super kawaii to be a dumbass. And Nico not has to remind her that the level of stupidity is important and that the level she's at, aka where she fucking fails, is not considered cute. It's time for summer training camp at their beautiful chic school, yeah! This school's massive and fancy and new so it has a small room for kids to sleep in and they're allowed to use its large room for rehearsing in, sure. People are bummed that they don't get to use their training camp as an excuse to just go to the beach, but honestly, with such a handy space they can use on hand for free, they can't be complaining. Like, the best scene from this episode was just seeing all the food they had for dinner one evening. Like, ugh, it all looks so good! There has been a strong emphasis on food this season, and as someone who is probably gonna develop diabetes later on in life, like, this pleases me. When they're talking about their upcoming concert, Facey Chan mentions that she'll organize for it to be live streamed. You better not read and lock this, you piece of shit! Fangirl Chan is feeling lost. She's there in the music room, clunking on the piano. School prayers runs into her, they talk for a bit. Then, when they're walking back to the other school prayers, trips and lands into Fangirl Chan's chest, and Protect Chan there looking on. And I think she even gasps? But everyone in the Idol Club is friends with one another? I don't get what's so scandalous about seeing those two hanging out. It's not like Fangirl Chan's abandoning you. Fangirl is watching some cute idol videos, reading all the nice supportive comments. Well that's unrealistic. Surely there'd be at least one comment saying that idol should die or some shit. Come on, show us the juicy stuff. Then Fangirl-chan has a massive confession for everyone. She isn't going to be an idol, yay? No? Yay? No, she has decided that she wants to create a stage where multiple school idols perform, where the audience cheers for the idols, where they can discover new groups. Guys, she's going to create a school idol festival. Yay! Except, except, in the universe of Love Live, there is already a festival like that. It's called Love Live. It is literally the name of the show. What genius Fangirl has gone and done is decided to create a Love Live knockoff where her club of nine soloists can perform without being forced to stick to their 10 minute group performance limit. Anyway, congratulations on your future career of helping out organize the future Firefest. Unless this festival is organized within this school as part of a school event or just a small public space, I am pretty sure Vanga will not be old enough to organize it. I know the logistics for organizing public events, at least in Australia, requires a lot of paperwork. I think food is a big one. There is a lot of paperwork to go through in order to get permission to get food stands and such at public events. And surely she wouldn't be able to sign on any paperwork around the organizing of alcohol since she's so young. Even after this big uplifting speech of Fangirl Chan finally realizing what her dream is and everyone else being happy and cheering for her, Protag is still looking worried. What? What's your problem? Look, your friends are super happy and excited. It's not like she's there hugging school prayers or anything. So literally, what is wrong? 
This series is missing a love live element that I really liked, which was everything being gung-ho with someone writing the music, someone writing the lyrics, someone making costumes, etc, etc. I like them being the Ocean's Eleven of the idol world, but this time around we get everyone is idols and one person is literally aiming to run music festivals. Go hard or go home! Like, I have to see what Fangirl actually gets up to and if it's actually within the realm of reasoning or not. And this was our first episode without a new song. Which makes sense because it was all about Fangirl trying to who doesn't sing. Episode 11. They hand in their application form to the student council to allow them to perform their festival and possibly give them funding for it. The vice president has to sit down with them and explain the multiple tick boxes unticked on the application. Because even though this form was at least checked by, if not filled in by school prayers, bitch still managed to stuff up filing in the very forms she created. Vice Prez doesn't know what a school idol is, and Nico Not's just like, they're really cute! And yeah, that answer is vague and leaves Vice Prez even more confused, but fortunately, School Prez gives the incredibly descriptive and reliable answer of, they're idols, but they're all in high school. That's it. That is literally all there is to it. And Vice Prez is over Red Rover that explanation that honestly, she could have just guessed from the name of School Idol anyway. She even assumes that school prez must be a fan because she considered her answer knowledgeable. Were you born with no brain and if so, you really shouldn't be here working in junior politics. But hey, most politicians are dumb cunts anyway. Now the club have to mention the other acts performing. So they ask the two other idol groups in this whole entire series if they'd like to come along to perform. And they most certainly would. And they let slip that that bitch from episode 9 is a fan of Model Chance and she fucking delivers some gay bait and fan service as soon as she finds out. Such a professional. Montage of the girls going to all the different stages to see which one they want to book and when at the massive expensive theatre that they surely won't sell out. Nico not complains that if they use this stage they won't be close enough to the fans. Close enough to the fans mate you're like maybe a meter or less away from the front row did you want to be performing in their laps? There's a joke about how sleepy sleep deprived Chan is like guys. This isn't a cute quirk of hers. She is literally falling asleep due to stress and overwork. Anyway, they can't decide which space to use because frankly, they're all too good. I am somewhat shocked that their shitty little club was able to find that many different and decently sized stages within their budget. Maria mentions that she wants to perform out in nature on the grass. Good job, Maria. You're sticking to your stereotype and you're sticking to it well. The producers would be over the moon to see this. Nico not made up a box of herself so that all of her OnlyFans could vote for which stage they should perform at. Only for her to realise when she heard that in fact she was the only fan of hers all along. Like, why didn't any of them just make a Twitter survey? Facey Chance is even on the computer right after that scene, and she still didn't even think to make up one. Sporty Spice places a nice clear sign on the Nico Knot box to specify what it's for, whilst Nico Knot cries out that it's covering her cute little box face! I won't mention this so that when I say this woman is one of the most fucking irritating people on the existence of the planet, you'd kinda get where I'm coming from. Facey Chan's little friends, you'll never guess it, they're in the baking club, which means cookies! Cookies they made up of idol club members? Facey Chan is even holding up a little notepad with a face on it! Jesus Christ, this is so cute. I came for the tunes, but I stayed for the food! When training, oh no. Protex sees Fangirl with school press and is all mad again. Why? Just call it, kid. Now that Nico Knot's box is full, they open it up real wide to read all the ballads stuffed in there. And they're pretty much from all the clubs like, Yeah, your music helped me so much. We'd love to be involved in the concert. After much deliberation, Fangirl comes up with the idea that it will be an actual festival and that there will be multiple stages across multiple venues, allowing all the other clubs and other members of the community to get involved. This makes sense plot-wise because it'd be an Orcs performance with nine soloists and then just two groups. It would have felt very weird and unbalanced. 
But also, the idea that every single one of those stages will be available on the same day is ludicrous. The school council, however, take no issue with this and decide to accept their proposal in the process vice president meeting that, well, yes, she, she thought that maybe she should check out what these school idol things are and she is now a fan of Rock Chan. School pres freaks out. Vice pres looks her dead in the eye and said, I knew it. You're a fan of hers too! And school pres is just stunned. Stunned. Like, she sees this girl literally every fucking school day. See, at least when other people didn't realize it, it was because they weren't familiar with their school press self and idol self. But this bitch is well acquainted with both and is still tricked by her Clark Kent level disguise. How did this dumb bitch get put on the school council? Who the fuck gave the okay for this to happen? Protag's feeling jilted still for whatever reason, like during her friend's big inspirational idea meeting, she was looking all grouchy instead of supporting her friend. She confronts school press. So what were you and Fenko-chan doing in that building during the training camp? Fucking nothing that concerns you, overly protective simp. Fago invites her over, and ooh-ah. When she sees that bloody keyboard, she gets all right up. So, so why did you tell School Prez that you were learning to play piano and not me? Even though she didn't, School Prez just walked in on her playing it, and she was oh so embarrassed when it happened. Then Fangirl reaffirms just how much Protag means to her because she wants to tell her her dream. And that's when shit gets real. Protag slams her onto the bed underneath her as she whinges that she's getting into this idol shit to be her producer son and nothing else. Because no, Fangirl Chani isn't allowed to have big dreams. All she's allowed to do is support Protag and no one else. I get that this is supposed to be a gay baiting moment to show how much she loves Fangirl, but even if they were going out, it's so fucking shallow and self-centered, and all she's doing is stifling Fangirl from doing what she wants. Past Love Live Redhead Protag's loud bitch and tangerine girl would never act so selfishly towards the members of their group. And there was no new song this episode either. Lame. Look, there has been more consistency with delicious food scenes than there have been idol performance scenes. Fuck it. This should be called Love Life Nijiru Eating Club. And speaking of their name, Nijiru is the Japanese word for rainbow. Hence, they've kind of gone with the incredibly original idea of every member is a color of the rainbow, even though there's fucking 10 members in this group and seven colors of the rainbow. Both Starish and Idolish 7 have this gimmick, as would plenty of other groups, and even Way B dabbled in this briefly. I'm sorry, 10. I knew you were talking about each member being a different color of the rainbow. Like, it was a big insightful thing when really it was just a worn out idea. Oh my god, and the best example of this is the K-pop group Rainbow, who are called Rainbow, and each of their members represented a different colour of the rainbow. <laughs> okay, episode 12, it is the long-awaited festival, and I have a lot of questions. Okay, first thing, the club fucking cheaped out and everyone's just wearing the same outfits they were in their promo videos and we only hear them sing the same song as before. Like, guys, you've been around for a while now and you could have splurged on new outfits. The main reason I realize this is because Sporty Spice is still wearing her tacky as fuck outfit. Like, at least give this girl something decent to wear, please. Now the stages. So, they do take turns to perform and shit, but like, they are on their stages for like, hours. And we have heard only one song from each girl. Do some of them legit just sing all of these different songs for hours on end? Or the same song for hours on end? Highlights of Sleepy Chan has a fucking bed on her stage and she and the rest of the audience just fucking nap. Bitch is even wearing purple. We finally have an idol version of Jeff from the Wiggles. We see a merch stand with acrylic stands for sale. <sighs> they better have the actual real life ones. I want the Fazy Chan one. Now, I vividly remember that in previous episodes, they said that multiple food clubs were interested in participating in the festival. In this episode, we only see one. One measly food store that sells I don't know what 
on skewers. Like that is not cute food porn. You're showing me a turd on a stick. Look, this was a very poor end for a strong fruity portion of the show. Let me tell you. Now, to explain the stages that make sense. Well, what do you do if you only have one song to sing? Well, in Facey-chan's case, where she's back at the game center, you do a video game tournament and smash everyone's ass because you're the cool nerd girl of this series and therefore amazing at video games. And then you have the group stage where it's a Sentai show where school prayers and actor Chana, cool Sentai slash magical girl slash idols fighting against the evil Nikonot. I found Nikonot playing the villain in a Sentai show just so calming. Like the tranquility of my soul has been tamed and my ripples of frustration have ceased. This girl is even on this massive version of her crappy ballot box she made. Ooh, K-Labs are planning to release a shit ton of those as plushies. Fangirl Chan is running around handing out flyers like it's halfway through the day and she's still got this massive pile of them because that was poor planning by the printing department. She says to Prozac, man, I'm basing my decisions on changing school courses on the success of this massive large festival I put on. <laughs> wow, that's going to be the end of your dreams, kiddo. So the music plays up at the Sporty Spices stand. How did they afford all the sound gear for like all seven stages? But Facey-chan fixes it, so it's all good. But then it rains and they cannot perform when it rains. Some of their stages are out in the open, but there are a couple that are indoors and safe from the rain. And even those with that are outdoors, but they have a roof on them that might be enough to hold up the rain. But no, they have to stop all performances because it is raining. And Fango didn't think ahead of what to do if the only thing that could happen that would stop all of the performances did happen. But the magical thing about this is that the dancing idols are not performing in the rain. Yay! Because that shit as hell doesn't stop K-pop groups from performing and I absolutely fucking hate it. So thank you Love Life. Thank you for showing basic OH&S practices for your idols. Fango is frankly devastated that this, look, we wouldn't call it likely, but at least something you couldn't be surprised about when it happened. That yeah, that thing happened and ruined everything. Except that it stops raining so that they can hold their large stage. Which is everyone singing together! I had to wait the whole fucking series to see the group perform! I got a new song and performance almost every episode. I can't complain! So it's some sweet, uplifting song. In this song, it really makes me realize that the casting directors made sure the voices match the characters. Like... There'll be subtle differences between the girls' voices, but each one suits their character well. During this song, we see all the students volunteering as staff for the performance looking happy. And it's a great thing to show in a Love Life franchise, including Fangirl. I'm not sure what it's like in Japan, to be honest, but in the West, there are so many girls who get into making cosplays or doing dance covers or doing song covers as a result of this show. This is a show that inspires people to do shit. So it only makes sense that they highlight those types of characters within their shows. And I guess they've always done that to an extent, but it is very much the main focus of this show. And then there's that one bitch in the audience with the massive fucking camera and a look of determination on her face like, yes, yes I am going to block everyone's view as I take hot snaps of my favorite and probably cause a black eye or two in the process. Everyone is happy and it ends with Fangirl-chan sitting in front of a piano before a panel of three intimidating looking assessors. Lol, like fuck off, she'll pass when everyone else in the music course have been playing instruments since they were five. That was the latest in the Love Life franchise! Yay, we're done! Done by Insufferable Weave on Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter. Bye!